Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely roleplayers where theatrical people play role-playing games. I'm Matt Boothman, and I'm your compare for this main house production. Here on Merely Roleplayers, we improvise stories to entertain you, and to entertain ourselves. And we use role-playing games to keep the story going places even we can't see coming, because as theatrical people, we're all about maximising the drama. This is Act 1 of Vigil All Aboard, one of our main house productions. The main house is where we stage ongoing, serial stories, with characters and plots that develop and unfold over several productions. Vigil is our story of the outsiders and weirdos who step up to defend their neighbours from monsters and worse after the government cuts their town's official team of paranormal investigators. To tell this story, we're playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat. All Aboard is the sixth Vigil production. You don't need to have caught up on the first five to enjoy All Aboard, but they do share a setting, characters, and some ongoing plot threads. Starting now, we'll be releasing a new act of All Aboard every other week, and then to keep you going through the weeks in between, we'll release backstage episodes that give you a peek behind the scenes. So stay tuned for one of those next week. In the meantime, please take your seats in the main house. Tonight's production is about to begin. Vigil, a Merely Role Player's main house production. All aboard. Act one of five. Starting with uh, somebody that we've heard in studio productions before, but never before in the main house. Welcome to the stage, Marta da Silva. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I feel I've made it to the big leagues now. <laughs> it feels so special. Um, so yeah, I'm Marta and uh, I'll be playing Harper, the searcher. We're all very excited to meet this character. You'll, if you tune into the backstage episodes, you can get a bit more detail about the character creation. Uh, but we are going to meet her in media res in just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Who else have we got for this production? Hello, Chris. <laughs> Hi, Matt. Uh, yeah, I'm Chris, and I'll be playing Calisteria Softbinding, the expert. So uh, thanks for having me back. Uh, reminders when we last heard Calisterius on the stage? Oh, that was in um, Vigil Taurus Trap. Yes, indeed. Uh, has Cal written the novel based on those events yet? Uh, he's certainly working on it, I think. Um, changing a few details to protect the innocent but uh, and to avoid uh, lawsuits. But uh, yep, he is working on the story as we speak. Uh, we also have another Taurus Trap alumna. Uh, welcome back, Ellen. Hello. 
Uh, I'm playing Jess Butterworth, which always has to be said in that accent, um, and she is the spooky. In terms of the main house, we last heard you in Vigil Taurus Trap, just like Chris. Uh, But uh, you've also been more recently in uh, some studio stuff as well. Yes, One of which we even saw your face in. (laughs) Sort of. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I was playing Jake in uh, The Feed. Yeah, our very first video series, which you can see on YouTube uh, in its entirety right now. That was so much fun. Uh, and of course, if people only listen to the podcast and don't go on our YouTube, we'd have heard you in the Andromeda Award uh, Christmas special as well. Yes. Finally, in terms of the cast for this main house production, welcome back, Nat. Hello, I, I am Nat. I am playing Gwynedd, the Divine, uh, previously seen uh, in, in Bad Dog, very bad dog, <laughs> given, given a bargaster boop on the snoot. It didn't turn out to be so bad. Yeah, it's it's now our friendly bar guest in the woods. Exactly. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we'll see a re- reappearance of uh, Gwyn's friend, the bar guest. <laughs> that doesn't sound ominous at all. Yay! <laughs> well, I don't know. It's under your control now. Oh, is it? Oh God! <laughs> Making furious notes. I mean, control is probably a strong word, but you know, you have yeah. some influence. Don't, I don't have any of Ginny uh, with uh, her binding powers or uh, or Percy with her. No. Just got to keep some snossages in your pocket. Yeah, yeah I was going to say just snacks. Just, just snacks. Yeah. However, we're not looking back at Bad Dog or Taurus Trap uh, today. We are looking forward to a brand new Vigil production. Everybody excited? Yeah. 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 What do we think about this particular group of hunters? Anybody got any inkling of how this is going to go? Not at all. I'm very excited. (laughs) No. We're all very different. It's been pointed out that other than Gwyn, we're a bit squishy. Not Mm. not a lot of us have got Mm. a lot of armour today. Mm. Soft around the edges. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Which, of course, I haven't... uh, I haven't taken that into account in my planning at all never uh-huh so are we all excited to play has a habit of throwing herself in front of harm for other people anyway so uh, i guess <laughs> it's gonna be fine <laughs> you know it's lots of brains and a little brawn yeah it'll be fine yeah <laughs> what could go wrong Without further ado, let's raise the curtain on this new main house production and enter once again the world of Vigil. Yeah. It's the dead of night and all of Sheridan is still and quiet except for the trickle of traffic down the bypass and the occasional horrible scream of a fox on the high street. Gwyneth, we're going to start with you because, Nat, you have a move that triggers at the start of every session. Uh, Yeah, this is the boss from beyond move. So um, hello to all you fans of the Morrigan and apologies to anyone who's like, oh, God, this one again. (laughs) At the beginning of each mystery, I roll weird and I get to ask 
one of the questions from the Investigator Mystery Move right now. The payoff of that is that my superior is going to ask me to do something. And depending on how I roll, that might be simple, complicated, or terrible. Yay! <laughs> so uh, what, do we, what do we think we're hoping for in terms of the role here? <laughs> well, um, I mean, based off the Morrigan's personality, uh, complicated or terrible tracks would love to see <laughs> what the positive or simple side would be. But I only have a plus one to my weird, so... <laughs> So we always roll two six-sided dice and then add mm -hmm. whatever the modifier is. So roll those two six-sided dice and add your plus one weird. Oh, no. Okay, that, that is a five. <laughs> <laughs> what a start. Great. Great. <laughs> do, oh, do I use a luck point to resist it? I was going to say, I will remind you there is the option of using luck mm. if you would like to turn that into a 12. You know, I think this time uh, I've got luck points to spend. Uh, let's start with something simple and see how the Morrigan deals with this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a luck point. What happens when you spend luck? When you spend a point of luck, you get word your mission requires something... <laughs> you get word that your mission requires something difficult that must be done by you urgently. <laughs> so I've got to do a task <laughs> anyway. So where is Gwyneth in the dead of night? Coming up on 2am. I imagine she is a bit of a night owl, so she's probably been been out in the woods, just just hanging with some some animal friends or some pixie friends, doing a bit of training with her her flaming quarterstaff, and is probably heading back to Briar's tree, where she sleeps. As you head that way, as you leave behind your gambling pixie friends. Uh, wait, wait, do you mean gamble? Have we been gambling in the frolicking dice? sense or in the monetary? I quite like the second version. <laughs> yes. Okay. They definitely play poker. Yes, we've been playing poker with pixies. So as you head back from this, a single raven alights on a tree branch above you. And this is somewhat unusual. Yeah. The raven being the the symbol of the Morrigan, but you are used to seeing ravens in threes. Yeah. Do I get the sense that this is a mundane raven? No. This is a raven with all the portent that that brings with it, landing in front of you and looking straight at you with intent. And opens its beak and speaks. And it is the Morrigan's voice, but it doesn't have the triplicate quality that you're used to hearing. It's a, just oh. a single voice from this raven. Hail, Hail Gwyneth, shield maiden of Morrigan. Hail, well met. Do I... Is everything all right? Everything... will be all right. There is a task that you must take on. Very well. Action rather than concern, Gwyneth, is what Morrigan requires of you. Okay. We have been thinking, considering the situation that we find ourselves in. We, Morrigan, you are a shield maiden. 
And it seems that at the root of all our problems and our current standing in the world is the forgetting. Have you heard it said, Gwyneth, that those who will not remember their history are doomed? Yes, I, I believe that is, uh, that is a human saying. They do not remember us, Gwyneth. We slip from their minds unless they hold on to us tightly. This must be addressed. Well, I, I, I have been trying. Uh, the, the folks that I've been working with and, and helping out, they, they all know about you and that, that, that must be helping somewhat. It helps a little. But powerful beings they all are. We are slowly reassembling the core of the tribe, the warrior caste. But it is the, the simple folk whose knowledge and adulation will restore us to our rightful power. Yes. But they are forgetting when they learn of you. Or at least, in their heart of hearts, they believe that it is just myth rather than real. What do you propose we do? The warriors that you have recruited to our side, you have brought well, into the I, I circle... Re recruited as a, a strong word. They, they know about you. Uh, they, they do have mixed feelings, but they're willing to give you a chance if you're not going to go all murdery. Well, quite. Their loyalties are split. They are powerful warriors indeed. And when their needs align with ours, they are powerful allies. But they are not of the tribe. We must strengthen. We must... Rebuild our former strength. Seek out your lost sisters, Gwyneth. I sense that a way, an old way, is opening once again that will lead you to them. They still live. We never had a chance to talk about where they went. Are you willing to tell me more? As my influence waned, our influence waned in this world, so did the power they shared from me, from us. Many found themselves trapped in the form of crows, unable to take their warrior forms or command their arms. I fear that in that form they were, I left them vulnerable. And since you have returned to me, Gwyneth, I wish you to correct that. Bring them back to me. I am the only one left. But not for long. I, I, I will... Yes. They live, Gwyneth. I feel that. The right. power that I granted them is not broken. Merely diminished and removed. But a way is opening. A path back to them. A path for them back to us. And if the terrible times are coming, as, uh, as they have been foretold, we'll all need to play our part. Yes, I, I will do this. Do you... Do you have any inkling of, uh, of where I should start? They've gone out of this realm, Gwyneth. Oh. You will not find them here among mortals. 
you must take the old way out of this realm to whence they have been spirited. I still have ways and means and influence in Fairyland, Avalon, Albion, many of the other realms. I haven't found no trace of them there. I sense perhaps they are between. Between? Between worlds. Okay. No realm with a name. A realm with no name. I feel like... I feel like I know who I can ask about that. Then your quest has begun. Whilst taking this information in, <laughs> uh, Gwyneth's just gonna, just gonna sort of tilt her head without going, Oi, what's up with you? Why is there only one of you? I would like to read a bad situation, I guess, as the closest I can figure out to yeah. see if there's anything I can glean from why there's only one aspect here. Absolutely, go ahead. Okay, uh, plus sharp, that's nine. Okay, uh, I believe that means you can ask one question from read a bad situation. Yeah, it's a it's a weird question list for this specific situation. Oh, I tell you what, Ooh. actually, keep the same role, but I feel like investigate a mystery is a better fit. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I guess what happened here? You can tell me whether this is something Gwyn has ever experienced in her decades and centuries of serving the Morrigan way back when. Sometimes the aspects of the Morrigan disagree. Mm-hmm. Sometimes her she is not in one mind on a course of action or a, a response to a crisis. And when that happens, sometimes she splits physically yep. and is unable to appear in that human form and goes around purely as three separate ravens. Right. Do I get any indication about which aspect of the Morrigan this raven might be? Like the the themes that the Morrigan covers, like... Do I get an idea of which themes this raven leans towards? This doesn't seem to be one of her more warlike aspects. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can you can gauge this just from what she's asking you to do and like the course yeah. of action she's she's going towards. She is more about like the hearth and the tribe, uh, yeah. the clan. This aspect, she's not. She doesn't seem to be on the war path. She doesn't want dominion and conquest. Great. Okay. Good. Then I have better feelings about this <laughs> than the trickery aspects okay cool then won't say anything we'll just watch the raven fly away look towards briar's tree and go ah, i wasn't tired that tired anyway and uh head back towards the town at almost precisely 2 a.m a sound splits the still night of Sheridan. All across town, people are woken from their beds, but not everyone. Halves of couples wake up. Late night petrol station workers startle at the sound while their customers seem to hear nothing. Calisteria soft binding. Where are you? At 2 a.m. when you hear the whistle. Cal is in the library. Cal has fallen asleep at the library in the occult section. He likes to hang out there. Uh, you know, it's better than the, the lonely flat. Uh, you never know when you might meet a fan. 
And, you know, he part funded this thing and he's going to get his money's worth out of it. So he uh, was face down on a table, dribbling on some irreplaceable books, uh, when suddenly he's woken up by this uh, sound. Calisterius is uh, sort of a man in his mid to late 30s, uh, clean shaven, um, dark hair, uh, pale face, uh, dressed in sort of in casual clothes. Uh, you know, he's not really a not really a snappy dresser, and uh, he is still uh, yeah very much in his casual clothes now as he wakes up uh, from the table. Was that a steam train? I I what who what was that noise? He doesn't think that we have a, a steam line in um, in Sherry Down. Um, uh, he's not expecting uh, anything like that. So once he wakes up, his first instinct is to do a quick check on all the sort of uh, mystic wards around the library, just to check that wasn't the sound of you know something trying to get out, something trying to get in, something doing you know that it something that shouldn't have been. So he's going to have a quick sort of scuttle around and uh, check that everything is still um, as it should be. Do you want to read a bad situation for me? Uh, roll plus sharp. Okay, so I got plus two to that. So uh, a total of 12. So you get three questions. Do I find that any of the magical wards have broken or failed? Nope. They're all completely intact. Nothing has, <laughs> nothing has fallen into the oubliette. There's been no incursion into the library. Okay, so... Uh, now I've woken up a bit. Now I've realised it, it wasn't something in the library. Uh, can I ask, is this something you know that I've I've heard before? I mean, you may have heard the sound of a steam train whistle before. I'll leave that up to you and your backstory. But uh, never in Sheridan, and like never, certainly never in the library. Okay. My next question would be: Did I sort of get a sense of which direction it came from? Kind of difficult since you were kind of asleep when the sound actually happened. But like the sense you got is that it sort of came from all around. Ah, right. Okay. Those are the worst sounds of my experience. Um, I will cautiously proceed to the library exit and just sort of, you know, very gingerly just poke my head outside and have a sort of a, a quick look around without necessarily leaving the library. But Cal's just on the lookout for sort of ghost trains going down the high street or goblins with slide whistles or anything sort of out of the ordinary. Uh, roll investigate a mystery. So this is another plus sharp roll. Okay, um, another 12. Great. Uh, two questions. Okay, can I ask um, what could it do? So what effects basically might the sound have had? You feel the effects that it's having. You said you were going to poke your head out of the library, but not actually leave yet. You poke your head out of the library and you hear the whistle again, still seeming to come from all around, from the, from the sky, from the streets, from the buildings. And before you know it, you are standing in the middle of the street, walking. Right. Okay, so my next question is, what can fix it, cure it, or slow it down? You could try sticking your fingers in your ears. I will do that then. I will stick my fingers in my ears, and I will hum very loudly, la 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 la, I'm not <laughs> listening to this ghostly whistle. 
<laughs> yeah, I think, you know, Callisterius is a literary man, and I think the image of Odysseus tied to the mast with beeswax in his ears is starting to come to mind. <laughs> All right, lovies, it's me, Matt, your compere. While the players are getting ready for their next scene, why don't we take a look through the programme? First of all, welcome back to Sheridan for a new main house production. We didn't do anything special for the festive season this year, or for Halloween either, but it still feels appropriate that we're heading back to our spooky town in the middle of the night, no less, as the... Nights are getting longer and we're heading for midwinter. Next up, a couple of dates for your diary. First one is Dragon Meat in London, Saturday the 3rd of December at the Novotel Hotel in Hammersmith. I'm going to be there and I am going to be part of a live recording of Grant Howitt's Jason Statham's Big Vacation a role-playing game about Jason Statham's retinue trying to make sure that the big man has a nice holiday. That's been organised by the D20 Future Show. If you can't make it to Dragon Meat, it'll go out as an episode on the D20 Future Show at some point. But if you are around in London, uh, Dragon Meat is always a great day out for anybody who's into tabletop gaming. Uh, Role-playing games, board games, there's a bit of everything there. You can play games, you can buy games, you can buy dice, of course, so many dice. And if you're there at by 10am, you can come to the Beaujolais room on the mezzanine floor and watch me. I think, this isn't fully confirmed as I'm recording this, but I think I'm going to be playing Jason Statham's agent. So we'll see how, we'll see what I get up to in that game. Another date for your diary is Interactive Soup, the second Interactive Soup event, uh, also in London at Theatre Delhi on Leadenhall Street. I talked about this a little while ago when we were gearing up to do it for the very first time. As a very quick rundown again, basically a bunch of people buy tickets for this event, tickets are £5. All of that ticket money, all of those £5s is go in a big pot then on the night, first of all, there is soup. It's going to be vegetable soup this time. And up to five people get up on a stage with just a mic and pitch some sort of idea for some sort of project that is going to help the interactive performance community in some way. So that could mean audiences, it could mean performers, it could mean other workers. And then everybody votes, or everybody who bought a ticket at least votes, and whoever gets the most votes gets all the ticket money to put towards the project that they pitched. It's a really nice way of the community just kind of coming together and pooling some money and trying to make some projects happen that wouldn't otherwise, or pay people more, or provide better conditions for people, because goodness knows the arts are suffering as much as anybody else at the moment, and we've got to support each other. And it's a good networking event, and you get soup. If you're in London and if you consider yourself to be any in any way in the interactive performance community or just want to help that community out, 
Tickets are still available at the link in the show notes or at interactivesoup.mailchimpsites.com. Pitches are closed, but tickets are available still, uh, and I'll be there eating soup and voting. Now it's about time I go call beginners for the next scene, so please take your seats once again in the main house. Vigil all aboard, Act 1 will resume momentarily. Let's leave Calisterius in the middle of the street, yelling, la la la, I'm not listening. (laughs) Where was Jess Butterworth when she heard the whistle? So I don't think that Jess has been sleeping very well. So I think that she is up. And I had an image of her in the pub uh, beer garden. If there's like a, a little kiddies climbing frame that she's sort of sitting up in there with a journal, a book, when she hears this ominous whistle I think that perhaps there's a moment where she thinks she's about to fall out because it makes her jump so much she drops her book and she has to cling on because she almost falls from the the kiddie climbing frame she's had one earbud in so she's only heard it through one ear so she whips the other one out and sticks her head out of the climbing frame wondering what on earth she's heard Jess is or has been basically the local goth kid. Um, I think maybe she is a little bit less tryhard than when we last met her. Like, she's not bothering with the full winged eyeliner anymore. But her hair is black and she's got the sharp bangs. And she's just wearing jeans and a plain black t-shirt and her standard boots, DM boots. But yeah, she's just kind of like calmed down a little bit since we last met her. And sitting on one of the swings, leaning back so far that they're actually like their the swing is under their calves and their back is on the ground, is Kit, Jess's spiritual companion. Kit is young looking. He slash they are pretty sort of new romantic style if that's like a fashion that you're going to pick. They're sort of kind of genderless. They look like if you were uh, an early 20s goth kid, like the the most beautiful, intriguing thing you've ever seen. So, you know, they're wearing man guy liner, some sort of double-breasted buttoned jacket. That scene, that kind of look. And Kit says, oh, you heard that, did you, mate? Yes, of course I did. What on earth was that? Maybe we should go check it out. Find out. Okay, so Jess like jumps down from the climbing frame. Yeah, it's all well and good saying that, Kit, but where did it come from? It sounded like it came from everywhere. I reckon we could find it. Two of us. We can do anything. Yeah, all right, Kit. Come on then. Oh, oh, here it comes again. I think Jess automatically like squints and slams her hands over her ears because it seems way too loud that whatever's making the noise, she feels like she should be able to see it and it feels like something's going to run into her. So there's like a slam hands over ears and spin around in a circle moment trying to locate where the sound is coming from. 
Can you roll for me Act Under Pressure? Two six-sided dice plus cool. Plus cool. Minus one. Great. So that's six. Six. Oh, no, sorry. Seven. 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 Okay. You can keep your ears covered and not be influenced by the whistle, but not also work out where it's coming from. Or you can let some of the sound in, get a bead on where to go, but it may compel you to act. Oh, we definitely have to go for the second option. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Jess claps her hands over her ears, but Kit appears in front of her, grabs her wrists and keeps her hands away. And Kit is spectral, so you don't feel his hands around your wrists. But that is what you see, and despite the fact that you don't feel any actual pressure, your hands stop as if grabbed, and you can't get them over your ears. And Kit looks mm. you in the eyes and says, no, 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 mate, that's not the way. You've got to let it in. Okay, so Jess, I think she's in the world where she just automatically believes and follows Kit, so she drops her hands immediately and does a slow turn where she's standing and lets the noise just penetrate her ears. And before you know it, you realize that you're, you're walking, you're moving in a, in a direction. But then almost at the moment that you realize that you're moving involuntarily, the compulsion stops and you find that the final echoes of the train whistle have died away. And you find that you've just kind of stopped in the middle of the road. Okay. I'm going to turn to Kit and say, I'm going to a train station. A figure on a Ducati races down the, uh, the bypass uh, that links Sheridan with the next reasonable-sized town over and pulls in off the roundabout just on the outskirts of town to where there is a 24-hour supermarket and petrol station. The figure gets off the bike, takes off their helmet, and Marta, what does Harper look like? Well, Harper is a sort of early 20s young woman who has lime green neon hair with black roots, a very, very pale skin, a perennial scowl, leave me the hell alone face, expression. <laughs> um, and she is currently dressed in all black uh, kind of leather jacket over a hoodie, dark wash jeans, some Doc Martens, and also black helmet, black bike. I guess you see <laughs> the through line here. Um, everything is very black, very matte, and very... Um, Weirdly inconspicuous and weirdly like you see it, you're like, huh. And then a minute later, you've completely forgotten about the existence of this, this person. Harper goes to university in the next town over, but lodges with a family in Sheridan. Why is she coming back so late? A couple of reasons. First of all, she is a bit of a night owl. Um, so she gets a lot of her extracurricular investigating slash studying done um, in the 
late hours of the night. Uh, also not the biggest fan of people in general um, and weird people coming up to her and, and talking to her. So she finds that at this time in these small, small villages of England, um, she's mostly left alone to her own devices and she can just uh, freely be herself and, and get on with her business without being interrupted, mostly, <laughs> sometimes. So yeah, she knows that this place will be open. It's one of the few, really. Everything else is basically dead, you know. Yeah, once you get actually into Sheridan, thing you don't get twenty-four hour things. It's only on the like the yeah. the slip roads out. As Harper uh, walks away from the bike to go pay, under the harsh fluorescence of the petrol station, anybody looking closely with a particular kind of eye might notice that Harper does not cast a shadow on the forecourt of the petrol station. You head inside to, to go pay for your petrol. The, the person behind the counter is kind of a, a solidly built man in, in around his kind of fit, late 50s, maybe just edging into the 60s, in a uniform that looks like it was designed for teenagers to wear it. <laughs> um, you know, the polo, bright colored polo shirt doesn't look all that happy to be there, looks pretty tired. But then halfway through the transaction, his ears suddenly prick up. You have heard nothing, but he startles as if he's just heard an incredibly loud sound. Did you hear that? Albert looks up at him, takes it about a couple of seconds. Uh... Nope. Uh, sorry. Pump, pump, pump three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, you must have done it. It was so loud, a, a, like a steam train whistle. You know, have you have you have you seen like steam trains? They used to have them there. But it's so distinctive. But I didn't think there was any round here. Um, I mean, I don't think so. Uh, to be honest. Uh, in America, trains are basically a museum artifact, so I don't think I've ever actually heard one for real. I don't know if I'd recognize one. Um, sorry, pump three? They sort of are here as well, actually. Like, they shut down all, like, all of the branch lines to little towns like ours. They shut them down in the 60s. We haven't had a train line out here since, you know, for 40, 50 years, maybe. It's so mm. weird that there'd be this out, like, a train. There it is again. I've got a... Um, Sorry, uh, he um, leaves your transaction half done and starts coming around and like opening the door to come out from behind the counter and out onto the forecourt. Oh, brother. Okay. Sombra, um, I don't know if you're around, but we have a situation. Sir, sir, excuse me, sir. Um, and Harper will just um, quickly go towards the door and sort of like body block this gentleman whilst closing the door behind her, putting out uh, a hand in front of her and doing her best, best attempt at a kind, concerned smile, which comes off as just fucking creepy and wrong. Um, <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. Are, um, yeah, actually, um, now that you mention it, I totally heard that. I, I don't know that it's a train, though. I was just, I, I rode my bike here from, from the next town over, um, and I feel like they're doing some kind of weird construction work. Uh, I don't know, you know, roads here are 
freaking terrible, right? <laughs> I mean, roads. Uh, where are they any good? Um, I think it's probably just the construction people. <clears throat> Sombra, hello. It, it could, be, I suppose it could be that. But I feel like I've always been able to hear like things that other people can't between you and me. <laughs> I, you seem oh. like I can trust you with this sort of thing. But um, I mean, not, I, I don't know. I, I don't. Um, do, do, maybe a therapist. Th- that's usually like that's. I hear talking to a professional is usually a good idea. Um, could I just pay for my my gas? That that would be. I can I uh, just. Sh- you, you know what? Just walk with me. I'll walk with. Well, let's walk towards the register. And you you tell me, you tell me everything you you want to. You get this guy's life story, and oh. as as he talks it through, it seems like he almost went into this kind of like dreamlike state as he came out from behind the counter and towards the door. But he doesn't react like he's hearing a noise again as he speaks, and it seems like the effect is kind of wearing off as he goes until he's just an oldish man in a petrol station at 2.30 a.m. telling you every small thing that's ever happened to him that might have been weird. Harper almost, almost feels bad for this old man in his sad, sad life because, um, you know, being from the States, the whole working shitty jobs for shitty money in terrible places is is just uh, horrifically familiar. But she just... You know, it's 2 a.m. in the morning. She's been re- researching for hours. She's tired. Her eyes hurt. Sombra is fucking nowhere to be found. And she can smell the weird creeping in. She knows something's up. And I'm like, oh, I just wanted a day off. Why can't I ever have a freaking day off? So she's just going to hold this man's hand when she's, you know, giving him the money to pay for her gas and since she couldn't actually hear what this person was hearing can 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 I use my investigate a mystery move you certainly can yeah roll investigate a mystery and based on that we'll see what what details he might drop in this life story that are actually useful as opposed to <laughs> yeah <laughs> just the shit people tell you every day yeah, it's like that little needle in a very, very thick haystack of crap no one cares about. Yep. So roll two six-sided dice and add your sharp stat. My sharp. Fantastic. So first roll of the game. Woo! Um, Woo. For me, anyways. Sharp is, oh good, plus two, so that'll be useful. So that is a ten total. Ten total. So you get to ask two questions. Okay, the first one I wanted to know about is um, he heard it and he started moving, yeah? Yep. And I imagine it felt like that's not necessarily the natural reaction to just hearing a train. <laughs> um, so something ab- 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 along the lines of uh, what was it going to do? Like mm-hmm. what was the next thing that would have happened? Yep. He says, I felt like it was going to, like it was my my chance to get out that if i went towards it it could take me away i've lived here all my life and it it just felt like i was having that 
It was a chance to be be something different, be somewhere different. It was lovely, actually. Really nice feeling. Hope I. What? How do you think? How maybe I can? Oh, hope I can hear it again. What do you think? Um. Yeah, no, that's really something. I mean, what a what a uh, joyous <clears throat> sensation. Um, I can empathize, as you probably can tell from my accent. I'm not from around here, so I myself recently um, took the plunge. I mean, you don't you don't really you don't need um, a train anymore <laughs> to get out. Um, you you know, I I wish you luck in. The pursuit of your dreams. <laughs> but you know, it just, it feels more possible in the middle of the night, doesn't it? That you could just walk away from your life and just leave everything. Like if I, if I thought about the actual logistics, then, you know, I've got a mortgage and I've got kids at school here. I really can't, but it just felt like I could for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's, that's why fantasies are, are fantasies. Isn't it? Uh, they just exist in our in our minds, uh, which is generally, really, if you think about it, where they belong. Uh, before I go, uh, let me just. D- did you get an idea of? Um, I want to know how far the effect uh, reaches, just to get an idea of where this might be originating from. I'm assuming there's a train station. In town, is there a train station? Do I know there's a train station? <laughs> he, um, he he can tell you that. Well, I mean, it would make sense, wouldn't it? it sounded like a train. It would make sense to go to the station. The St- Sheridan station hasn't been open. You know, it's got shut down in the early sixties. It's been shut ever since. Trains don't go there anymore. It's the uh, the kids like to skate there. They what's the thing they do on edges? Ground, grounding, they ground all over it. Um, so sure. <laughs> you probably can't actually get a train there anymore, but if it's like a magical train, maybe. Okay, yeah, that's uh, super helpful. Um, yeah, suddenly Thank I don't you know, so I much feel... for, for hanging around and, and helping me talk this out. I just feel so much better after getting all this off my chest. You're such a good listener. Mm, yeah, awesome. I'm... So, so happy for you. Um, love this for me. Uh, I anyway. guess Harper's probably been up about 17 hours at this point. <laughs> yeah. She's like, um, yeah, I mean, this this is my life. So, um, okay then. Well, you know, good, good, good morning. I'll see you around. I hope so. Bye. Come again anytime. I'm always on this sure. shift. Hmm. Oh boy. Okay. So Harper just uh, kind of uh, quickly heads to her bike and has a moment of uh, of 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 just teetering on the edge of like, do I just go to bed and and fuck this or? or uh, uh, mm. And when you open your eyes, there is a yeah. silhouette leaning against the bike. It's kind of lounging in a very louche kind of way. Sombra turns to you and says. It seems like the game is afoot.
This has been Vigil, a main house production from Nearly Role Players. It stars Natalie Winter as Gwyneth, Marta da Silva as Harper, Ellen Gould as Jess Butterworth, and Chris Buxey as Calisterius Softbinding. I'm Matt Bootman, and I play the supporting cast. Editing and sound designer by me, and the theme music is by Alexander Pankhurst. We were playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Role Players is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on. I'm trying to work out how to split the difference here. So, spending the luck made the boss from beyond move that she will request something simple, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then spending luck also means that you have to do something like demanding right now that is more yeah. to do with the mission. I feel like I've made this very complicated. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs>